Hello and welcome to Asia Watch Beyond the Headlines, where we take a deeper dive into current developments in Asia of interest and impact for Canadians. My name is Stuart Beck, the President and CEO of the Asia Pacific Foundation of Canada. Asia Watch is our free news intelligence service and features analysis on the latest news, trends and issues in Asia that matters to Canadians. Visit our homepage to subscribe at asiapacific.ca. This week, I'm pleased to welcome a very special guest, Victor Thomas, President and CEO of the Canada-India Business Council and a former Vice President here at the Foundation, where Victor was responsible for our activities on the prairies. Victor has uh, had a really remarkable background, has done a lot of different things in his life. He sits on the Board of Care Canada, and he's had uh, lots of interaction and opportunities working with Canada's political fabric, as well as what's going on in India. And this is really an important uh, conversation today because there's lots been going on. Unfortunately, uh, we know the situation with COVID. And I thought, Victor, first, um, maybe you could talk a little bit about how you uh, see the situation with COVID from a personal perspective uh, in the context of what's happening on the ground there and uh, what you've been doing to help people and to help the Indian economy from a Canada-India Business Council perspective. First of all, thank you, Stuart. Uh, it's a great pleasure to do anything with you and with Asia Pacific Foundation of Canada. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, the challenge in India is still um, continuing on. We hope that um, things have plateaued, but uh, it, is, it is serious. We're, our, we are seeing a continuous decline in daily case counts. And you know, from the highest reporting numbers of you know, just over 400,000. And as we look to, you know, by a case by case, uh, state by state, there, sh- there seems to be, you know, a good sign of decreases, but we're, we're still not out of the woods yet. You know, I like to think of the, the second wave as almost in three parts. So the first part was really focused on Maharashtra in the beginning, as you know, and that accounted for about half to two thirds of the caseload. And then Punjab was high, Kerala has stayed high, and then Chandigarh, which is mainly tribal state, has been high. And then Gujarat as that first part of the second wave. And then the second part of the second wave was Delhi, of course, uh, UP, Madhya Pradesh. And then as the third part of the second wave, there's Assam, there's West Bengal, Tamil Nadu. And then um, Arissa is somewhere that the numbers is still over 10,000 new cases a day that are still going up. So something that has to be uh, kept an eye on. It has been an unusual and uh, and challenging time. And, you know, here on the Canadian front, as the members of the Business Council, uh, we've been trying to do everything we can to, of course, help, you know, the people of India in every way. And that's been mainly through some of our Canadian charities that have agreements on the ground in India. And then that's been also um, through actually getting some significant amount of goods over there that they're needing and requesting. And our companies have been very generous and have stepped up as well as some of our key provinces. Because uh, you know, there's a lot of different means and a lot of different organizations for people to give, one of the, the key ways we found out right away was through and to the Indian Red Cross. And because uh, we have a good relationship with the Canadian Red Cross, in, in talking with the CEO there, we created a a fund and we're immediately you know, getting our members to be able to donate directly so the money needed could come through Canadian, the Canadian side, but get directly passed through to the Indian Red Cross. And we also did that with Care Canada. 
And so we're basically saying, uh, if you don't have the specific requisite goods that India needs right now, then here's a chance to be able to give and get the money directly through very notable and where there's significant need in, in the country. And, you know, Victor, obviously, you know, well, the Red Cross, you served there for a decade and you were awarded the, the Order of the Red Cross in 2014. So uh, kudos for you for setting that up. And quite frankly, we followed uh, your good lead at the foundation and have uh, set up the same link to the Canadian Red Cross to uh, support people in, uh, in India. Victor, this is obviously going to be complicated for, for India coming out. Do you have any sort of idea what the economic implications would be for this last really difficult period of time when it comes to COVID? Is this going to have a big impact? Because the projections were India was going to have a great growth spurt coming out of COVID. Is this still going to be the case? Yes, thank you, Stuart. Yeah, you're exactly right. Uh, India, pre this the second wave, was forecasted to be the only nation on earth with double-digit growth. And of course, um, you know, because of how hard and how significant uh, the second wave has been, I, I think it's actually hard to actually fully appreciate and understand the economic ramifications. Other than to say, it is very much a state-by-state -state basis. And so as we look at this as a whole, you know, it, it is, it's mind-boggling the scale of the, the numbers. And also when you look at now trying to actually find a solution for it, the scale of trying to solve it is also so significant. Right now they're saying there's approximately 200 million vaccines that have been given out. But when you look at it in its entirety and you actually uh, look at some of the younger age population, which are not even sanctioned to get vaccines yet, uh, you're looking at approximately 2.6 billion vaccines. And so India needs to be able to move to that 100 million vaccine a month mark to be able to start really pushing back against COVID in a significant way. And I think uh, as, as numbers start to decrease, as, they, as people get uh, vaccinated, then I think we're going to start to understand the full you know, economic fallout. But I, it's, it's very hard to say right now. And, you know, when we talk about India, you know, both you and I know, Victor, and I spent uh, four years there as a Canadian High Commissioner to India. When it does come to numbers, India has a way of being able to, to manage that. You think a, an election, for example, it takes India a few weeks to do an election, but that's a lot of people that are voting and that they managed to be able to do something like that. They've managed to provide a, over a billion people with personal identifications through biometrics. And right. again, they did that over a very quick period of time. So I, I, have, I do have confidence that I'm sure you do from the, from the Canada India Business Council perspective that this too will pass and that the opportunities will still be there for Canadian companies and Canadians coming out of the, uh, out of the pandemic. Yeah, of, of course, we're, we're extremely optimistic uh, for the future. This is a tough time. We've tried to rally the troops to support in every way possible with goods and cash from our members. We are just over the $50 million mark now from as just our council members. So our, our members have stepped up. There's so much more still to do. But, uh, you know, you know even, even companies that are, are associated with us, not even in the membership, have nothing really to do with India or doing matching programs. We have, uh, you know, some significant companies writing checks, some companies building temporary hospitals. It's pretty um, remarkable to see the support come and, and people willing and wanting to help. So Victor, if I can uh, just talk a little bit about 
uh, India itself and in its future, uh, particularly for Canada. We are we are having a difficult time, obviously, and it won't be easy going forward over the next few years with China. And India, I think, present, presents a very good counterbalance in many ways. What are you saying to your membership? And uh, what would you say to people who are listening to the podcast about India and India's role for Canada going forward? From a Canadian perspective solely, it's about diversifying our trade uh, portfolio. And when you look at what's happening in the U.S. now, we have two different administrations. Uh, there's a significant and steady uh, Buy America sentiment. We all know what's going on between Canada and China. We believe that India has to play a greater role in Canada's trade portfolio. And as India is scheduled to grow, as, I, as you talked about the double-digit growth that was even coming out in the middle of the pandemic, but pre-pandemic, India was scheduled to double its whole economy in the five to seven years. And so that may not now happen till maybe this whole decade, it may take to do that. But the thing that is mind boggling is the decade after, it can potentially double again. So as India moves not only to a $5 trillion economy, but to a $10 trillion economy, you know, my hope is that Canadian leaders and Canadian thought leaders start to see that opportunity and engage and don't wait till India standing on the economic podium, which it's scheduled to do this decade to the third largest economy in the world. But uh, we need to almost supercharge our relationship. And as a council, we're saying that relationship has to be business led and we're going to do everything we can to put our, our top companies out front to be able to move things significantly along. Well, thank you, Victor, uh, for what you've just been saying. Uh, we'll take a break for a few seconds and then come back uh, with another question for Victor Thomas, President and CEO of the Canada India Business Council. The Asia Pacific Foundation of Canada invites you to subscribe to Asia Watch, our free email newsletter. Delivered to your inbox every Tuesday and Thursday from our team of research analysts, Asia Watch features the latest news, trends, and issues in Asia that matter to Canadians. Subscribe to Asia Watch, a uniquely Canadian take on Asia. Well, welcome back. Uh, I'm speaking right now with Victor Thomas, uh, President and CEO of Canada India Business Council. Victor, um, we talked prior to the break about India, the importance of India as a counterbalance to, to China. Some of the, you brought up some of the issues that we have, uh, of course, with uh, the United States uh, as well in that process. What are you saying or what's the council saying about where the future opportunity is for Canada and Canadian business in India? What would you suggest to our, our listeners as where would be the, the good path forward for us in this important relationship? Well, Stuart, that's a great question. Um, we think there's a lot of opportunity, of course, being the Canada India Business Council, but there's five specific things where we're focusing on for this next while. And that's, of course, with our financial investment funds. There's some private and pension funds that have invested uh, literally billions of dollars in India. We think, of course, prominently in real estate and in infrastructure. Uh, we think there's a, a lot more to do, as also as they diversify their portfolio within the country. The second one, of course, is agriculture. Uh, as, you, as you mentioned, my work in the prairies is now lending itself well to showcase and understand all of the of the egg opportunities that there are in terms of traditional, um, terms of crops and things like potash, but also things like ag tech and uh, on, on the technology side, but um, ag is a huge piece. Another area that uh, of course has become more and more important to Canada is around a post-secondary sector. India, as you well know, 
is now the largest. And well, um, and a lot of it credit would be to go to you, the work you did in terms of now seeing the results of, of India now surpassing into the number one spot as the most significant amount of students coming to Canada. We're looking at that as economic impact. How do we actually leverage uh, the talent that's coming here? How do we integrate? How do we move? But also not just have a brain drain from India or from Canada, but actually create much more of a brain chain. And so we're looking at doing some um, different levels of engagement with our post-secondary sectors, not just universities, but also polytechnics. And the fourth area is around energy. Of course, we know of the uranium deal that you were involved in, in terms of getting that. Uh, hopefully there'll be another one coming here shortly, but also we're starting to see some of our companies in Calgary, they're increasing their traditional oil and gas all of a sudden to India as well. And so we're getting on their radar. We're starting to uh, see, but of course on, on energy, there's also a huge amount of clean tech. I know you've been involved in some of those projects. And I think, you know, we're just scratching the surface in terms of the energy demands that India will be facing. And I think, you know, Canada has a number of solutions that can play a part in that. And then the fifth area is around technology and the whole tech space. Uh, we've done a couple of sessions this year on that. You know, one of the key pieces that India is really excited and focused on in Canada is around our AI. You, of course, are involved in the supercluster. You know all about it. You're leading that. You guys have done a number of partnerships with different groups in India. But again, there just seems to be a lot of opportunity there. And some of the traditional companies that have been very strong in the space haven't actually probably looked at the market as uh, thoroughly as they should. Could be a lot of partnerships and a lot of a lot of business to be done, which we're going to hope to um, carry the flag on and hope to facilitate where possible. Well, I think you've done a really good job of capturing a lot of the the really interesting and quite opportunistic areas for us to pursue. Uh, I'd just like to add one thing, and our sure. partner in. Um, in India on technology is IIT Madras. And uh, the professor that we work with there quite proudly says that eight of his PhD students are now teaching in Canada. So that just gives you an idea of the, the knowledge network that's now being established between our two countries and what the opportunities will be as a result of that. And I think, again, people need to understand that India is more than just selling commodities, there's lots of opportunities for collaboration in areas where we have some expertise, particularly, as you mentioned, in the clean technology, but also in agritech, which are two big areas and important for, for India. So, uh, Victor, it's been great having a chat with you. It's great to catch up and um, and to talk about India. It's something that's very close to my heart. And, and, and I know you're doing a great job at the Canada India Business Council. And it's a pleasure to be able to, uh, to share some wor words with you. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thanks again to Victor Thomas, uh, President and CEO of the Canada India Business Council. For twice weekly free intelligence and analysis, please subscribe to the Asia Watch or visit our website, www.asiapacific.ca. And if you enjoy what you read, please tell your friends to subscribe. Until next time, thank you very much. And thank you again, Victor.